Constance. And I'm Lucinda. And together in our Kids Law podcast, we're going to take a look at how laws affect children as we grow up. So what are we going to look at in this episode, Alma Constance? Well, today I would like to know more about the difference between solicitors and barristers and why we have different types of lawyers. This work involving legal advice is very wide-ranging. There are a number of people who can give advice depending on how simple or complex or serious it is, whether it's just straightforward advice or help with creating documents or whether people need to challenge others in courts or are facing a prosecution for a crime. Over the years, this has resulted in different training requirements and qualifications for the different people involved. Barristers are the main legal professionals who practice as advocates representing people in court and tend to be self-employed and work from chambers and traditionally receive their work through solicitors, but some can receive direct instructions from the public. Whereas solicitors are employed by firms or organisations and tend to perform the majority of their legal work in an office setting and are responsible for advising clients, preparing legal documents and doing the preparation in the run up to and during a court case. They typically receive their work from the public. Some solicitors also appear in certain courts and can train to be advocates. There are also other legal professionals, such as legal executives and paralegals. Let's talk to Derek Sweeting QC, a Deputy High Court Judge in the Queen's Bench Division and a recorder in the Crown and County Courts, who is the Chair of the Bar Council 2021, and he can tell us more about the work of barristers. Derek, welcome to our Kids Law Podcast. We are so pleased to have you here. Can you please tell us what a barrister does and why we need them? Thanks very much for inviting me to be here. I'm really pleased to be here on your podcast. I think Lucinda's given a very good summary, actually, of what the difference between barristers and solicitors is. One of the things which I think probably springs to mind when you think of a barrister is someone wearing in court. And that really gives you a clue as to what barristers spend a lot of their time doing, and that's representing people. That means speaking on their behalf usually in court, and in fact, not always wearing wigs and gowns nowadays. But that's a really important part of what barristers do, what we call advocating on behalf of people, giving them the ability to have a voice in court, which is specialist and expert. And barristers also do a lot of work connected with what goes into presenting a case before you get to court and advising on cases. That's telling people about the law and their prospects of success, as well as advice which is not to do with litigation, which is just about the law, about a contract, for example, something like that, or or a business problem that somebody has. So that's a general guide to what barristers do. And why do we need them? Because the law is difficult and complex, and people shouldn't have to get through it on their own. And really, they need the help that specialist professionals like barristers and solicitors can give them in understanding the law and making sure that they can access the law and their rights. Can you please tell us why you have the words QC in your title? Well, QC is short for Queen's Council, and it means that I was appointed by the Crown, by the Queen, as one of Her Majesty's Council learned in the law. So it's a mark of distinction and experience, particularly in relation to appearing in court advocacy that I was talking about earlier. And so people who are recognised as being expert in that 
and are distinguished in their profession as advocates can be awarded the rank of Queen's Counsel. Do you know there's a really interesting point about this? Because when the present Prince of Wales, who is going to succeed the Queen and become King in due course, becomes the King, QC would change to KC because then I'll be a King's Council rather than a Queen's Council. It's been QC for a long time because the Queen has been our Queen for a long time. Why do barristers wear wigs and gowns? So if you've gone back to the time of Shakespeare, for example, you would have seen barristers in court with their natural hair, no wigs, nothing like that, although they would have been wearing a gown. And it was only later on, after the English Civil War in the 17th century, everyone started to wear wigs because it was really fashionable. And that's why barristers started to wearing wigs in court. So it would be a bit like barristers starting to wear hoodies in court now because it was fashionable. Of course, the point is that when the fashion moved on and everyone else stopped wearing wigs, barristers didn't. We've always carried on. We've come to find in modern times that there's a a really good reason in certain courts for continuing to wear wigs and gowns because it makes us anonymous. It's a way of concentrating on the arguments rather than concentrating on the person because it makes all barristers look the same. What is the difference between a solicitor and a barrister? And why do we have different types of lawyers? Well, again, these differences are really part of our history because not many other countries have professions where there is a division between solicitors and barristers and also some other lawyers, legal execs in particular, who are important legal professionals as well. But the differences have grown up, really, because solicitors and barristers do different things. You'll remember, Alma, that I I told you about what barristers tend to do, and it centres around appearing in court and giving specialist advice to people. That means that traditionally barristers have got expertise in certain areas. In fact, solicitors can really do many of the things that barristers were at one stage doing exclusively now because they can appear in court as well. But actually, it's very useful to have our profession set up in the way they are. It works for everybody. So that's why we have different types of lawyers. Legal executives, I mentioned them a moment ago, uh, they are another part of the um, profession and they tend to do one particular thing, which they're very experienced in doing. Did you ever have a case that involved children? And if so, can you please tell us what happened? Well, I had a lot of cases involving children, actually, because quite a lot of the work I do is in what's called clinical negligence. So that's when something goes wrong in a medical context. And quite a lot of the cases I've done involve something going wrong when a child was born. So when someone gave birth and there was an accident and the child was injured, so they need help with lots of things that they can't really do for themselves. And their their parents and their brothers and sisters often have to do a lot of work to help them. So those are very rewarding cases to do as a lawyer. You still have to prove that something went wrong and someone was responsible. But when you do and you receive money, damages, we, we call it, those damages improve life for those children. And they really do make a difference. And suddenly you can buy wheelchairs that are powered. You can have a house which is wheelchair accessible and has lots of um, hoists and lifts so you can get into a bath and things like that. 
So it's great as a lawyer to see that you've made a real difference in cases like that. And, uh, and actually, I still get Christmas cards from lots of the children that I've represented over the years. Can you tell us about your work as a Deputy High Court Judge in the Queen's Bench Division? And you are also a recorder in the Crown and County Courts. What does this mean? Well, what it means is that although most of my time I spend being a QC and a barrister, I also spend a bit of my time being the judge. Many of the people who hear cases are not doing judging all the time. They're doing it part-time and they're usually very experienced lawyers uh, like me, solicitors and barristers. And there are two ways in which I do it, which is the same for many others. One is as a deputy high court judge. And that's sitting in the high court as someone who's doing it, deputising for the the real full-time judges. And those cases are often the cases I was just talking about, the cases involving medical accidents, as well as other civil cases, which are usually about people relying on contracts or uh, seeking damages for accidents. And then the other thing I do is a complete contrast. That's being a recorder in the Crown Court, mostly. And that means that I sit there, and judges say that they're sitting when they're in court, because we do sit down, actually, everyone else stands up. And those cases involve juries. So 12 people dealing with serious criminal cases. So let me give you an example, a case in which somebody got into a fight and assaulted somebody. And they might well say, well, it was self-defense. I was attacked first. And that would be dealt with by a jury. Twelve ordinary people would have to decide what went on. And I would be there to make sure that things were done properly, to make sure that the jury knew what the law was. And if at the end of the case they convicted, that is, they said guilty, then it would be my job to pass sentence. And often that means sending somebody to prison. And then the other thing that I would do is being a recorder in the county court. That is not a criminal court, but that's a court where less serious civil cases get dealt with. So if you had a car crash, for example, and you were trying to recover some damages because someone else had run into the back of you and there was a dispute about whose fault it was. As a chair of the Bar Council, can you tell us more about what your organisation does and what do you do for barristers? Well, barristers are mostly self-employed, although, as I said, some are employed and they're running their own businesses, really. But there are lots of things where we have common interests. So there are uh, reasons why the bar should have a single voice on some things. Uh, The Bar Council's badge, its logo, says at the bottom of it, justice for all. That's something which all barristers are committed to. But the Bar Council is really a representative organisation. It can make those arguments to government. It can make those arguments to other bar associations and internationally when the bar feels strongly about things because they have an effect on what we do. One of the other things, of course, is that barristers have to stick to certain rules, conduct rules. And if barristers don't behave well, then we have regulators and words, someone who will discipline them and investigate the cases, as well as give guidance as to what barristers should do, what our educational standards should be. And the Bar Council does that through the Bar Standards Board. So it's two things, really. Uh, being the champions 
for law on behalf of barristers and people's rights and access to justice, as well as making sure that our standards and skills and our ethics, you know, our behaving well, are all of the highest standard in the interests of the public. Why is it so important for the bar to be independent and how is it related to the rule of law and access to justice? Well, the rule of law really means that nobody should be above the law. And that's very important because if there's somebody who isn't subject to the law and they're powerful, then there's no way of challenging what they're doing. And that includes our own government, because obviously the government has the power to make laws and the government affects our daily life with what it does. But when it does things which are not according to the law, then there needs to be a a means, a method of challenging that and making sure that even the, the most mighty, the most powerful in our country behave according to the law. So the law is there for all of us. You remember I I said the Bar Council's motto was justice for all. And that's what that means. Everyone should be able to go to court and challenge things. Of course, the rule of law doesn't really mean anything, does it? Unless there is a practical way of making sure that when something happens which isn't lawful, you can really challenge it. And in many cases, it's only practical to do that if you've got access to advice and representation. And of course, it's obvious, isn't it, that if you're going to be represented when you're challenging people who are mighty and powerful, you want someone who themselves is truly independent and can represent you without owing anything to anyone or being subject to any influence by the government or anyone else. So that's why it's important for the rule of law and access to justice that barristers are independent. How does the Bar Council help barristers in their role of promoting the rule of law and access to justice? Well, for the reasons we we just discussed, we, we need to be a strong, independent profession, and that doesn't always take care of itself. There are lots of things that we need to be careful about. We need to make sure that the Bar continues to offer an attractive career so that people who are talented, and are going to become the expert barristers of the future, still want to choose the bar as a career. So making sure that we have a strong, independent, attractive profession is something that the Bar Council can help with. And indeed, a lot of the work that needs to be done can only be done by a central body like the Bar Council. One of the other things, of course, we can do is that we can campaign. We can draw together the expertise of the bar to try and make a difference when the government is thinking about legislation, to try and improve the way our courts work, to improve access to justice. And the other area where our work is quite important is the relationships that we have with other countries and talk about the common problems and solutions to other issues about law and access to justice. It's a modern profession. It's an open profession. The opportunities the bar offers ought to be open to everybody, regardless of their race or background or even their where they come from, their, their social position and where they started in life. So we're very keen to do that. One of the things that I've been doing this year is to have two young members of the bar, one a young Asian woman and one a young black man, mentor me. And that means that they 
effectively give me a, a sort of lesson really regularly about the sort of issues that people from ethnic minorities face just generally but also as lawyers because one of the things we have to be really careful of is the idea that we know all the answers or that just being a good person who doesn't discriminate is enough there's a lot more to it than that we have to be allies that means we have to really help people who have faced discrimination and one way of starting on that is to educate yourself about things and the bar is no exception to that and we're going to set out what we're going to be doing to promote the racial diversity and really help black people and other people from ethnic minorities to come to the bar and do well at the bar because the bar is a great profession so it's that voice um, on behalf of the bar that is important. I have a question I ask all of our guests. What were you like at 10 and what did you imagine you would go on to be as an adult? Ooh, what, would, what was I like when I was 10? Well, I was, I was a pupil at a state school in Essex. I certainly didn't think about being a barrister. I didn't come from a family where that was really something anyone would have talked about or thought about. So it wasn't until a bit later that I worked out it was something I might be interested in doing. And I think if, if I can remember accurately what I was like at 10, I was really interested in science. And I'd read a lot of science fiction and seen a lot of programmes. Star Trek was the one that I was really taken by, um, which is, I suppose, a sort of earlier version of Star Wars. So those sorts of things were really quite inspiring because they seemed exciting and all to do with the future. So I thought science might be something that I would come to. I think five years later, I had a completely different view because I was much more interested in people and human beings and politics and society. And that's really why I started to get interested in the law. Derek, thank you so much for telling us more about the work of barristers and the Bar Council. Do you have any final advice for children who want to understand more about being a barrister or become involved in laws in some other way? Well, it's a slightly boring answer, actually. I, I would say concentrate on, on school at the moment and in, in the course of the things that you're doing and learning about, there's often the opportunity to ask a question about the law and what part the law plays, for example, in history or even in English literature sometimes. And I think you'll find that the law crops up. They're not just legal questions, they're political as well, but the law plays a big part in those. So make sure you ask questions about the law and about rights, responsibilities, and how the system works whenever it's appropriate in what you're learning. So I'd look out for it, that's the first thing. And asked to go along to a court, maybe with your teachers, and see what barristers and solicitors are doing for real. That's a really interesting experience. It's probably better when you're a bit older, actually, but there are lots of opportunities to do that, and I'd certainly make sure you ask and that you make sure that your teachers know you are interested. Well, Alma, what do you think about what Derek Sweeting told us? Well, I learned that QC means Queen's Council and that KC means King's Council and that originally barristers did not wear wigs and they started because it was the fashion in that time. Barristers are the lawyers who tend to represent people in court and argue their legal case. The Bar Council motto is justice for all and it works to support barristers being independent, campaigns for access to justice and champions the law. 
And it will be interesting to hear more about the Bar Council report, which is encouraging people from all backgrounds to become part of. We heard that a recorder is a name of a judge who sits in serious criminal trials with a jury and also in less serious cases. That's right. And it will be interesting to hear more about the Bar Council report, which is encouraging people from all backgrounds to become part of the legal profession as barristers. In our podcast, we've been exploring how laws work and affect young people. All of these things help children understand their rights and responsibilities so that they can make informed decisions, not only about their lives, but things like voting for MPs who make the laws and understanding how the legal justice system works. It's also important that children know that they should be kept safe and that adults must care for them. Remember, if you have any worries, talk to an adult you trust and tell them how you feel. This includes your teachers at school who are there to look after you too, so tell them that you need to talk to them. You can find out more information on Kids Law Info website. Keep your questions coming in. Please subscribe, rate and share the podcast with your friends. See you soon in the next episode. Bye. Bye.